everybody and welcome to another brand new episode of T watches a scary movie. My name is T and of course we are talking scary movies. I appreciate you tuning in for another brand new episode. Remember new episodes go up every Wednesday 8 30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time on YouTube with video and then the audio version is released on Podbean a bit earlier in the day there I never have any like guaranteed time it's going up but it's always up earlier than the YouTube video version is but new episodes are every Wednesday at 8 30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time you're gonna want to follow us on YouTube which you can see us at youtube.com slash C slash Theron Reynolds scary movie again that's youtube.com slash C slash Theron Reynolds scary movie uh you can also find me on Instagram by searching Theron Reynolds uh I'll be right there I'm in a nice fun pink petunia shirt along with a couple of my friends along with the captain and now the captain because I met Chris Evans and Anthony Mackie a few years back got a nice fun photo with them there and they're both the captain now so uh you can find me on Instagram that way you can find me on Twitter under axdew that's a-x-d-e-w um i am off of twitter right now when you're seeing this it is wednesday december 15th i am staying off until about 10 or 11 p.m thursday december 16th just because uh spider-man no way home comes out tomorrow on thursday december 16th and while i know a good chunk of the big stuff going on there i'm sure there's plenty more that i don't know about and i am not trying to wreck that experience so i am off twitter right now just for the next day or so i'll be back there then uh as well find our facebook group because in our facebook group that's where you can find information on the uh watch parties that we do as well as written reviews i put up other uh conversations that we have that's facebook.com slash groups slash t scary movie again facebook.com slash groups slash t scary movie uh join the group you can find us there and again have plenty of fun with us we have a great watch party going on today uh we're doing the empty man which we're also talking about here in the episode uh we're doing a little bit of christmas with jingle all the way and then of course we're gonna get our tv shows going on we got dexter we got uh you know uh marianne exorcist haunting of hill house all that good stuff there uh but make sure to tune in because we got a lot of good stuff coming here over the next few weeks as well too and my schedule for next year is starting to take shape as well and you can see that on facebook and instagram so what do we have to talk about tonight uh initially i was going to be talking both the empty man and antlers two horror films that were released uh released here within the last year um both to middling success uh but the problem was is that antlers came and went from theaters like that and i could not find any place to go see it um and up until this morning it wasn't available to actually watch like through streaming or anything like that as well um I managed to watch it this morning. We are not talking it though, y'all. We're gonna wait a little bit on that. It's just too soon. I gotta, I gotta like, uh, you know, channel those thoughts first. I gotta actually take some time to really feel, uh, to think about how I felt about it. So tonight we are just talking Dexter and we're talking The Empty Man. Y'all know we've been following Dexter New Blood ever since it started. I've been trying to be uh, not as heavy with the spoilers on that till we at least get like a couple weeks away from like an episode. So we're not really putting things out there, but I am giving you time to watch it. Uh, so this past Sunday, we had yet another new episode of Dexter New Blood, episode six. We only have four episodes left, only four episodes left here uh, for Dexter New Blood. Um, this one's called Too Many Tuna Sandwiches. And if you remember, 
we finished off the previous episode with a lot of uh, Dexter's world kind of starting to crumble around him. His girlfriend, uh, uh, his girlfriend Angela, discovered uh, that he is Dexter Morgan. Um, Angela's daughter Audrey found out as well that that's Dexter Morgan, and there was just a lot of animosity between Dexter and Harrison about everything that was going on. Well, too many tuna sandwiches started up here to where um, Dexter and Harrison are still at odds with each other. Dexter's just not able to share with Harrison. And the frustration is starting to build with Dexter and Harrison because Harrison's clearly suffering. And unlike a lot of other uh, a lot of the other killers we've seen on the show previously, you know, uh, it's hard to tell what Harrison really, really wants to do. There's a lot of rage inside. And as he's uh, as he's mentioned to Audrey, um, you know, he dreams about hurting everybody like it's just in his head. And a lot of that comes from everything he, he's experienced in his life, whether it be, you know, Hannah passing away and reading Dexter's letter, basically abandoning him, um, not having a family, nothing going on in Miami, rough life in foster homes. And one thing that has not been admitted to, I know it's going to come up, though, because the same thing that happened to Dexter. But we were also led to believe that Harrison didn't remember um, Rita being killed by the Trinity killer and just kind of being in there in that pool of blood. And I think that's bullshit. I think we're going to find out Harrison does remember that, which is really what's channeling a lot of what's going on with him just because there's rage. And then there's murderous rage as we have seen here over the course of this show. So what I really think is going to end up coming out is that, um, Dexter finally is going to get off the fucking pot and again, like tell Harrison, maybe not that he's a serial killer, but, about his mom, about his brother, and let Harrison kind of connect those dots so they can bond over something. Because we are running out of time. Um, uh, we've, I guessed, sealed up and confirmed that Clancy Brown is our big bad, which we knew he was the big bad. We, there's been enough evidence he shot somebody in the face, you know, last week and everything. Um, but... I had still posed the theory that the mayor was going to be in on this with them because it seems just a little too direct. Like, I hate the fact that the mayor, like, showed up for an episode, episode and a half. We haven't seen him since. And I still feel like he's going to pop his head in uh, at some point. But now the fact that we only have four episodes left here, I don't know how much more of an impact he could make unless he's in all four of these episodes. So we'll see what ends up going, going on with that. But we made some progress with Clancy Brown. Dexter trying to cover his tracks up, trying to find out who knows about him actually being Dexter instead. You know, he gets to talk with Angela. Him and Angela break up, unfortunately, because it's a, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a lot to go through there. And Dexter's trying to figure out, well, are the cops coming for him? Does somebody know, like, more than the fact that he's Dexter Morgan? And that's probably the most interesting thing about this is that for a while, at least with the original show, We've always connected Dexter Morgan to the Bay Har Harbor Butcher and all these kills that he's doing. But the thing that I forgot and that we all have to remember is that it was never proven. Like, LaGuardia died, Dokes died, anybody that knew about Dexter's secret is dead, basically. So it's not like those two things were ever linked up. So finding out that he's Dexter Morgan, it's going to raise questions. But do those questions necessarily mean that Dexter is in mortal danger? And so far... It kind of doesn't seem like it is because it's not like, you know, him faking his death was, well, he didn't collect any assurance money, I have to believe. So he could easily just kind of come back as Dexter Morgan. So I'm interested to see where that's going to end up going with that particular story thread. Um, and by the end of the episode, as things not only started closing in on Dexter, but started closing in on Kurt 
uh, Clancy Brown as well, where we found out that we do need a little Dexter Morgan to find out more information because um, at the end of the episode, we were shown that uh, uh, Angela's friend, Angela's sister, who went missing forever ago, was lost in this cave. And she needs Dexter to find out what happened. Of course, we're going to find out that Kurt was behind it, and that's going to be the end of that. Or maybe it was the mayor. It probably was the mayor at that point, and that's the kind of connection there. But we don't know. We also saw more of Harrison's anger just kind of break out as well, too. Kurt is involving himself more in Harrison's life. Uh, we don't know the reason behind that yet. Um, it's not like a slight to Dexter because we, he doesn't know yet that Dexter killed his son. So if anything, it could be him trying to raise another killer um, because so far all we've seen is that Kurt's been hunting young women, young runaway women instead. So I don't think it's that. I think this is a case of nature versus nurture kind of thing to where Kurt might be doing what Dexter's tried to do a number of times in previous seasons. Uh, but that did not go so well because Kurt unfortunately egged Harrison on to break the arm of his opponent in his wrestling match. Uh, bad, bad all around. Dexter has no idea what the hell he's supposed to do. And we're going to see. We got a lot of stuff to unfold across these next four episodes. Um, but the show is maintaining its good consistency, honestly. I think the only frustrating thing that I felt with it has been just being frustrated with Dexter. Like, dude, tell Harrison y'all can connect with a lot. And I get that Dexter still struggles with human emotions. He struggles with connecting like real people do. But you got to do it sooner than later or bigger problems are coming out of this now. So we'll see. We got four episodes left. I think we can have a lot of fun with those four episodes. We're going to keep up with it. That's Dexter Newblood. Let's get to the main goal here of what we're talking about, which is the empty man. Now, uh, I did not know this here, but the empty man is actually based on a graphic novel that was written by uh, Colin, Colin Bunn and Vanessa, Del, Vanessa R. Del Rey. Now, I haven't read the graphic novel. Um, it's something I'm going to definitely look to be doing in 2022 because I need more cool stuff to read about and check into. So I am going to look into that there. Okay, so uh, The Empty Man was written and directed by David Pryor. It was adapted from a graphic novel made back in 2013, I believe correctly. And the story goes across actually a few decades at this point because we start the story in 1995. Um, a group of friends are backpacking in a foreign country. They're going hiking up a mountain and they start to hear uh, something super uh, supernatural. And they find this cave to where one of the friends just basically goes catatonic until he tells a friend that approaches him, if you touch me, you will die. And then all these friends are systematically killed over the course of the next day by some creature that starts to appear. Now, we don't know necessarily what all of it is about because we only see glimpses of what could be attacking uh, these friends and we're not really given too much of the details of what the background of this monster is. But then we flash forward from 1995 all the way up to 2018 and our story chooses to focus on uh, Jason LaSombra, who is a former uh, former detective with the police department um, who recently lost his wife and son in a tragic accident about a year ago. A close friend of his, Nora, calls him up because her daughter has gone missing and they're trying to find out what's going on with her. And uh, there's a message that was left in her bathroom that said, the empty man made me do it. 
And as Detective LaSombra is investigating the disappearance of his friend Nora's daughter, um, bodies start to pile up and there starts to be a bit of a conspiracy going on with this cult that Nora's daughter, uh, Amanda, was involved with that might be behind these killings and Amanda's disappearance. Now, I didn't know really anything about this film before I saw it. Um, I don't remember seeing any trailers for it. I know this is one that got shuffled around a lot because of COVID. And I think it eventually hit October of 2020, I want to say. But I don't remember seeing trailers for this. Um, but it got shuffled around a lot. And over the last like six to eight months, I've had a lot of my friends saying a lot of really good things about it, which is interesting because there's been a lot of controversy, I guess, about the film because it's not a uh, it's not a very tight adaptation of the graphic novel. Apparently, apparently it only takes like, you know, the, a lot of the big story points and puts that in. But it makes up pretty much everything else from what I've been told. As well, the fact that I, it's been publicized that the version that was released was still a very much rough edit and not the actual intended finished version of the film. And that's interesting to think, um, uh, interesting to think about, because, again, without knowing the source content, the film I saw honestly felt uh, it, it felt complete in some aspects. I did enjoy um, where the story eventually led us to because there's some pretty good twists in this story. Um, some of which you can definitely see coming uh, coming a mile away, which I don't feel hurts it at all there because it built towards the tension of wondering when these twists I was thinking about were going to actually come into play. And that's more in terms of, you know, what characters could be behind what's going on here. You know, um, who's like an, attacking Lasombra, who's kidnapped Amanda, all these things there. I had theories about it as I was watching and some of those turned out to be true and it didn't really wreck anything for it. But one of the biggest problems with the story, I thought, was the characterizations of Lasombra, because a big part of what we see throughout the film is that he's still suffering greatly from the loss of his wife and the loss of uh, the wife, the loss of his wife and his daughter. And um, there's a story thread that's introduced towards the end of the film with the twist that makes a lot of what he's going through in the movie kind of weird. It makes it it makes it not really make that much of sense, especially when we consider the characters who have to be involved with that as well, too. And I can't say a lot about that because it'll spoil a big, big part of the movie. But what I will say is that I can understand folks who maybe had some issues with the ending because Lasombra is really our only connection to much of what's going on in this movie. Um, he's who he's our connection. He's who we're seeing the movie through and everything. And some of those plot points end up falling flat on their face. when we kind of find out what's really going on now in regards to the, you know, the empty man himself, the monster, the killings that are happening, the film plays loosely with that as to whether or not we are actually seeing something supernatural going on, or if it's a little bit easy, uh, easily explained. And it's really good because I feel that you're not having the confusion throughout the film of wondering which one it is because events at the beginning of the film make it pretty easy to tell. And then events that are happening kind of in the middle of the film make it pretty easy to tell that as well, too. Like it's very definitive in my mind um, about which side of things, uh, which side of things the killings are landing on about whether it's supernatural or not. Um, and I love that is that they did introduce that ambiguity. Uh, ambiguity yeah ambiguity um, for people who might not be able to pick some of those things up but I think a lot of folks will watch it and they'll be able to pick up right away okay 
yeah, this is grounded in supernatural or this is grounded in like reality, actually. Um, and I love the fact that the film featured it. The killings that were in it are they're uh they're they're brutal in the sense of they're they're like you know we're not seeing guts coming out or anything like that but they are very harsh rough kills basically like there's the you can feel a lot of anger in the killings that happen throughout the film and that might make it harder to watch for a number of you but they're also very interesting kills as well too which i really really liked um films like these can get caught in the same kind of uh the same kind of monotony that a lot of uh, like mid-level horror films we're getting these days do when it comes to killing. So where they go over the top to kind of sell their point. And there's definitely blood in this movie for sure, but it's not actually too gory. And I really enjoyed that about it because the film does a good job setting up a very tense and scary atmosphere. Um, that at any time any of these characters could be affected by what's going on because even if you read the taglines of the film about what happens on the first day what happens on the second day what happens on the third day it's kind of a lot like the ring so you know eventually a lot of these characters are going to get their comeuppance not that they're necessarily bad but that they're going to suffer at some point for what's going on and i really did enjoy that fact um, that each of these killings felt very impactful. Nothing felt wasted in the least bit. Uh, our cast here, realistically, the, the main two cast members we're dealing with is James Badgedale, who uh, I always recognize from uh, Iron Man 3. I know he's done like so many other things that he's been really, really good in. Uh, you know, 13 Hours, uh, Only the Brave. Uh, you know, he's actually really good in the Lone Ranger too, which is not a great movie, but he's good in that, um, World War Z. He's been in a lot of stuff and this is one of the few starring roles I've seen him in just because I haven't seen him do a lot of stuff to where he's the lead character and he's so likable too, which is the crazy thing. Um, he's a really, really likable guy. And throughout the course of this story, I, I really enjoyed feeling his pain and I, that sounds so weird to say, but he does, uh, Dale does such a good job selling the pain of losing his family only a year ago, only a year ago, um, by the time the events, the modern events of the movie are going on and you can just see that pain in everything he does throughout the entire film. And even some of these relationships he has with other characters in there, there's still just so much pain in that as well too. And he does such a good job with that. Um, Marin Ireland, who plays the female lead, uh, she plays Nora, the mother of Amanda, the, the girl who's gone missing. Um, you might have seen her recently in Why the Last Man. Let's hope Why lives on. Love that show. But she's been in so many other things as well, too. Um, she's really good in the role as well. And I feel that in the stuff that I've seen her in, she's been a little bit of typecast because she's always playing some kind of, and I don't say this as negative, but she's seemingly very much typecasted as like an emotionally battered woman who, you know, has like push against everything that's going on to, uh, to, to, to fight everything that's coming at her. And she always does so good at it, but God, man, give her a, give her a different role for once. Cause that woman is an incredible actress. I absolutely love her and everything that I've seen her in. She deserves, uh, like different roles to play. And I'm sure they're out there. I just haven't seen them yet, but, uh, Marin Island's actually a very very awesome actress in the shit that i've seen her do and i'd very much like her to like to see her play something different from like these emotionally battered women that she's seemingly always ending up in those kind of roles uh beyond that 
I will say that the film does come off as disjointed in certain places for sure, um, because you do think that we're getting towards a very strong resolution that Lissandra is going to go and find Amanda. Um, he's going to stop this cult that she's been involved with, save the day, and everything's going to kind of be fine. But the film takes a lot of left turns throughout the uh, throughout that runtime, and it's not a short a short movie at all. It's a bit over two hours. And there's a lot of twists and turns throughout it that makes the movie not run. Uh, me saying it doesn't run coherently sounds like an insult. It's not an insult. It almost seems a lot like a, a bit like a Quentin Tarantino film almost to where we, it's not necessarily we're getting random flashbacks in random places, but the narrative just doesn't seem that straightforward at all, especially when we get to the cult, because LaSombra does get to investigate the cult that Amanda is involved with. And I felt that a lot of those scenes just seemed very much out of place. They moved the story along. They helped us uh, kind of figure out the evil of the story and everything, too. But they just seemed, weirdly enough, out of place with it. Um the ending I thought was fantastic. I did not see that coming in the least bit uh, where the ending ends up going. There is a big twist with it. And it's, uh, in my opinion, it's a fantastic twist. Again, there are problems with it because it does make some of the characterization of some of these characters not make any kind of sense in the least bit. And it kind of weakens the film by that. But I did really enjoy the twist that they brought in with it because um, unexpected twists that end up making sense um, it's rare to get that that works. Uh, we, we, you know, we talk about M. Night Shyamalan always doing twists, but the thing is that his twists usually land. It's very rare that his twists don't land the way that they were intended to do so. Um, this one landed as well really, really, really well. They did a really good job with the way that the ending, I, uh, I feel, worked out. But again, for such a strong ending, in my opinion, it hurt a lot of characters going back and looking at the film itself. With that said, I really did enjoy this, honestly. Um, I've seen that a lot a lot of people are now talking positively about it. I would be very, very interested in seeing some kind of director's cut of this. Because, again, um, the director, David Pryor, he's the writer as well, has said this was still not the, the, the full edit that he wanted. This was not the version that he wanted out there. So I don't know if we'll see that. The film didn't really do uh, do enough uh, financially to make me feel that's something that's actually going to happen. But if the critical praise keeps going up there, it's something we could eventually see released. Either way, check it out. It's on HBO Max right now. So if you do have HBO, you can check that out there for free. Um, it is definitely worth a watch for sure. And uh, to go back to talk about the beginning again really quickly, one of the best parts about the film is that that beginning that's set back in 1995 seems so isolated from the rest of the film that it almost seems like it's a, a, a film in itself. And it's only about 20 to 25 minutes. It's not really a, a big chunk of this film, but man, um, I actually would have been interested in exploring those group of characters in their own separate film before getting to Lissombra's story. Uh, so with that, I do recommend it. Uh, my written review should be up here within the next week, both in the Facebook group as well as on Rotten Tomatoes. So you'll be able to check that out for sure. Uh, but like I said, it is available on HBO Max. You're definitely going to want to check that out there. It is a good watch for sure. So that is going to do it for us, folks. We got a chance to talk the latest episode of Dexter New Blood. We got a chance to talk a new film in The Empty Man. I am still wearing my fun Christmas sweaters. Let me show off what I got for y'all. We have a nice Return of the Living Dead sweater, actually. So you can see here, Tarman right there. Uh, and then I'm going to go ahead and back up really quickly. And you can see the fun Tarman on the back. 
more brain for sure love it um got this one from middle of beyond middle of beyond uh is a fantastic site they have awesome awesome christmas sweaters and cardigans as well as other great um, uh other great merchandise to wear as well too please 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 check them out they are so freaking awesome uh and do great great work what they have out there i bought two sweaters this year i bought two sweaters last year as well too um and i'm definitely gonna buy some sweaters next year as well just because of how awesome they look i was really looking for an alien sweater this year um and unfortunately i wasted my time and didn't do it uh didn't do it in time here um you can use the code knit 25 that's k-n-i-t 25 to get 25 percent off i believe that code expires by the end of the week so use it to get 25 percent off your order but folks that is gonna do it for us tonight next week make sure you're back it is the week of christmas we are celebrating christmas with family yes that's right next week we're watching the chronicles of riddick pitch black and the chronicles of riddick riddick which is funny the series is called the chronicle chronicles of riddick but it makes the titles all weird we are watching the first and the third riddick movies those are both horror films we're going to talk those and review them in the show as well too um we're gonna get our tv shows in next week as well just the one uh the one official watch party we'll have more christmas horror going we're gonna do our tradition of watching the tales from the crypt episode and all through the house as well too that's coming next week but uh guys thank you so much for tuning in happy holidays i'll see y'all next week my name is t we've been talking scary movies stay scared